Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back once again with another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team, the Houston Texans, every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis alone, my partner in crime. Locked On Podcast Network football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman. Happy to be back with you guys for the, unfortunately, the last crossover uh, for the season. Now, of course, we do our offseason uh, protocols when we do our crossover to see what the other team is doing in the offseason, kind of sneak and peek around. Uh, but this is the last crossover for the season that we're going to do with Locked On Titans, and there are a lot of uh, implications to look at with the playoff system and, and how the Titans can be affected with a loss on Sunday. So that's what we're going to talk about the t- today, just for a little bit, when we talk to the Locked On Titans, uh, see where they're coming from uh, ahead of Sunday's matchup against us, and what they could prove heading into the playoffs or not just really depends on how everything plays out for them and how the Colts play their uh, win and end situation as well. But this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or a commitment or overbearing parents, guys, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Instead of entering the NFL, they've all joined another league. That's the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi has been here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch it. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. So as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Locked On Titans. Uh, Tyler Rowland over there, love talking to Tyler about what the Tennessee Titans have going on, uh, about the playoff shakeup and how the scenarios could play out. But before uh, we do that, in the pregame uh, discussions, Cody thought it was very a good idea, and I think so as well, and I support him, uh, which team out of Indianapolis and Tennessee benefited the most from the Texans' lackluster season. Because Sunday is going to be a big day for the AFC South. They will have a new champion after the Houston Texans actually wore the crown over the past two seasons. And, you know, a lot of playoff implications is going into Sunday's game. If the Tennessee Titans beat the Texans on Sunday, not only are they in the playoffs, but they will also be the new divisional champions. However, even if the Texans, for some reason, I don't know why, decides to pull off an upset the Titans can still make the playoffs with a loss coming from either the Ravens or the Dolphins however for the Indianapolis Colts it's a little bit more complex not only do they need to win which on Sunday they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten they are going to win that game but they also need a loss coming from the Titans the Ravens the Dolphins and the Browns now with all that being said both of these teams I believe at the end of the day when it's all said and done both of these teams will be in the playoffs and the only reason why I feel the Colts and the Titans will be in the playoffs this year is due to the fact, like John mentioned, the lackluster performance coming from the Texans this season. And I do believe if the Texans were just as good, if not better than what they have been over the past two years, one of these teams will be on the outside looking in. So John and listeners, with that being said, I thought about a question, you know, which one of these teams actually benefited the most from the Texans being sorry this season? Is it the Titans? Is it the Colts? And John, what I'm about to say 
should not surprise you, but I honestly do believe that the Indianapolis Colts benefited the most from the Texans being sorry because not only did it take not one, but two last minute fumbles for them to beat the Texans, but they, they, they also lost their season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which remains their only win of the season. And when you take a look at their schedule overall, there were a couple teams like their game against the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Although they won those games, the outcome for that could have went either way. I 100% agree with you. Uh, during the offseason, our discussions, uh, once everything was going on with the trade, we saw the DeAndre Hopkins trade. We, we saw all of the, the draft picks come in and had a lot of doubt about them getting the playing time and being effective for this team. We, we knew how difficult it was going to be to replace what Houston did from last year, consider considering all of the departures, right? And so if you remember correctly, I initially picked the Tennessee Titans to win this division. Uh, why? Well, we just saw them go to the AFC conference game. So when I look at what Houston uh, was able to do by being so bad this year, it allowed the Colts to significantly be better than them. Now, if Houston would have had a good season, then we would possibly be talking about Houston's opportunity win and get in situation or if they win on Sunday and the coach lose then Houston to get in and coach will be out things of that of that nature but we know that it's not going to happen for Houston but they benefited the most speaking of the coach of Houston being as bad as they were because it was only a two-man race and and that's why I think uh, overall Indy was favored in this division especially when we saw how bad Houston was going to be to, to actually have a chance to make some noise in the division and get into the playoffs. There are so many odds around the NFL. I think the funniest one is the fact that Mason Rudolph will be starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Cleveland Browns. Last time that they played, well, we know what happened between he and Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett has odds. Will he be flagged for a personal foul after contacting Mason Rudolph in the game? Yes, it's plus 400. No, a minus 700. Those are the type of the odds that can win you money with betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. It is a week 17 crossover Thursday conversation. We got John and Cody here from the Locked On Texans podcast. I am Tyler Rowland from the Locked On Titans podcast. And haven't got to talk to you guys since that week six overtime game. Obviously, the season didn't necessarily go exactly how the Houston Texans wanted it to go. But there is some hope for the future here with some changes you guys might be making. But what the Texans can do in this Week 17 game is potentially knock the Titans out of the playoffs. If the Titans lose and a couple other AFC playoff contenders win, then the Titans would be out. So my first question really is, do you guys, does the Houston Texans fan base, do you guys care about the potential of knocking the Titans out of the playoffs? Does that matter? Hell no. The only thing we care about is making sure that Deshaun Watson do not get hurt. That's the only thing we care about. We've been praying all week that Romeo Canell will say, you know what? 
We don't have nothing to lose or win in this game. We already had not one, not two, but three scares with Deshaun Watson. How about I just sit out franchise quarterback? But for some reason, this man still feel the need to play Deshaun in a meaningless game. In fact, he was asked about that on yesterday during his media availability. Um, they, they asked him, you know, how is Deshaun Watson doing? Is he available for Sunday? And his response to that question was, I feel like he's doing good. So I hope that he will do good on Sunday, too. That's the only thing we care about. This is the final game of what has been a very heartbreaking, frustrating, and very sad season, and we just want it to be over. So, no, nobody here in Houston <laughs> is hoping that the Texans actually play sprawlers or whatnot. I just don't understand why would they would want to go out and try to win this game. I mean, if you remember last year, we actually let you guys basically let you guys in the playoffs because right. we set all our starters. And I just don't understand why we just won't do it again this year. John, do you feel the same? Yeah, I do. Actually. I don't think it, it matters. Why, why would Houston, why should Houston feel good about them? They spoil the Titans chance to get in. I mean, what does that really do for Houston? Oh, we, we spoiled your guys to get in. Yeah. But you had an abysmal season. Nine times out of 10, that's not going to happen. We're, we're not going to, knock you guys out of the playoff contention. Sunday's matchup, you're going to win. So with the fans looking around, I don't think anything that has anything to do with a couple of things for the fans. I mean, we hear them every day. A lot of fans just want notifications that Jack Easterby is fired. A lot of fans just want notifications that they are um, interviewing competent GMs and head coaches. That's what fans want at this point because we know that the future is now for Houston. Letting you guys in or, or, or not lack thereof, that doesn't matter to anybody out here in Houston, at least not from what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, and I have to commend you guys. It seems like there's an opportunity to, to be petty and say, you know, no, we want to knock you out, spoil it. But, well, you know, that's a, a really mature mindset. You're worried about yourself, not worried about everybody else. I, I got to respect that down in Houston. I know that's not what I would be getting from Tony and the Jaguars fan base, but you said the key name here, and that's Jack Easterby, and that's who I wanted to ask about Nets. For Titans fans who maybe aren't following, he's kind of been moving around, started, I believe, in New England as a as a team chaplain, as a, as a religious figure in the organization, uh, moved over to Houston, has gained the favor of the owner and gained his ear, and now he's going to be leading the search for a general manager and a head coach, or at least allegedly that's what you hear. So from you guys, uh, I guess who is Jack Easterby? And uh, you already alluded to maybe your your feelings about him. What do you guys think about his role in the organization? Jack is Lex Luthor. He's, um, uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what was Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor was a, Superman villain. Yep. yep. Superman villain, right? He was very smart. He was very undermining. He was he he had the opportunity to work his way uh through areas to piss off Superman. And you would think to yourself, this is a regular human. Why is why is he giving Superman uh, this many problems? He's just he's very good at what he does, he's very conniving. And so since Jack has got to town. Uh, all of the rumors that have circulated and a lot of the moves that were made. And it just seems like Jack of all people is still here. He was brought in with Brian Gaines. He was brought in around that time. Why is he still here? A lot of the moves that have affected Houston negatively comes on his behalf for his input. We just don't know. 
but we know that he won't be GM. For me, I still feel bothered by the fact that he's helping with the search. I wouldn't want that because what if your input is on a guy that should not have the job, but that's like one of your buddies or he just rubbed you the right way. Uh, that's who Jack used to be is to me. He's a villain that uh, he he's, he's one of those villains that can have a standalone movie about how evil works, like the Joker. Right? That's, that's, the <laughs> right. type of, that's the type of person he is for me when it comes to football. Joker Easterby, man. Joker Easterby. Cody, do you do you have similar feelings about uh Joker Easterby? <laughs> yeah, man. Nobody understands the role of Jack Easterby. You know, John called him Les Luther. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take it back a little old school. You remember you remember Lord Zed from the Power Rangers? Yeah. That, that's how I feel about Jack Easterby. You know, he's a guy, to me, I believe he's plotting to try to take over as the owner for the Houston Texans and just everything that he's trying to do always fail, just like Lord Zed in the Power Rangers. So, you know, John touched on this guy. Like we like we mentioned, you know, we are waiting to see who's going to be the next coach. We're waiting to see who's going to be the next general manager. But at the end of the day, you go back and read that um, article from SI, you know, it was very eye-opening to to know that majority of all the mismanagement basically came from this guy. The Texans organization will not move forward until they part ways with him. Yeah, and you know what? I know this may be a crazy idea, but like if he got into the NFL as a religious, you know, figure as a team chaplain, then maybe just go back to doing that, my guy, you know, rather than making uh personnel decisions. But that leads me into I guess my final question for you both, and it's about the future of the team and with Jack Easterby getting fired, his status, who knows, but from your guys' perspective and speaking on behalf of, you know, people who cover the team very closely and also who know the fan base very well. What do you want the future of the team to look like? Do you have any general manager candidates or head coaching candidates that you would prefer? And then some key players like Will Fuller and JJ Watt, I know their future on the team is kind of up in the air going forward. How do you feel about some of the key players coming or going? And then do you have your eyes on, on anybody who you think can lead this in the right direction next season? Well, of course, I'm not too sure about general managers. I mean, there's been a couple of names that's been floating around the Texans organization. But of course, my number one concern with this organization moving forward is just make sure you get the best head coach out there. You know, we talk about it here on Locked on Texans nearly every single day. John is really big on Eric Bieniemy. I am big on Greg Roman if he's decide to leave the Baltimore Ravens organization as they offensive coordinator and you know hopefully we can give him a shot those are the two candidates that both of us are looking at as for players you that we would like to see come back to this organization I mean I'm pretty sure Tyler and all the listeners out there you heard what JJ Watt had to say you know that is not the first time Watt has been that angry um, in a press conference, especially following the game. He's basically been angry this whole entire season. And I do believe the relationship between him and the Houston Texans is starting to come to an end because this is a guy who has gave this franchise everything. He basically, this is a guy who has gave this city everything that he could, everything that he have, no matter if he was hurt or, you know, 100% healthy, um, leading the league in sacks like he used to. Um, the best thing that this organization has done for him is just get them to the second round of the playoffs. And in my opinion, I feel this organization have failed J.J. Watt. So, you know, I want to see Watt move on just because I believe he deserves better, especially in the twilight of his career. And, um, you know, with Will Fuller, there's a lot to say about him. I 
I also want to see Will Fuller back, but only at the right price. Um, he was on track for a career year before he got suspended for PEDs. And I truly believe that if he would have ended up playing all 16 games that the Texans were going to overpay him. But now since you got this PED situation and there are still a lot of questions on if he can stay healthy and if he can be the Texans number one target, I believe that he can come back only at a discount price. John, would you echo those sentiments or is there, is there any other feelings that you might have about some of these players or coaching candidates? No, actually, the only thing that I would change is, you know, and we discussed this on our show yesterday, uh, well, the, the day before, how big I am on Robert Sala, the 49ers from San Fran to be the next head coach. Yeah. After yeah. I saw his defense, uh, who, and, and let's say this, his defense has sustained a lot of injuries. They do not have the same makeup that mm-hmm. they had from last year when they went to the Super Bowl. But they're still a top 10 defense. And I look at our team, right? And I, and I understand that we have young guys in different areas that still may need to learn the NFL on, on defense. The defense is number 31st in the league. We struggle a lot with stopping the run, stopping the pass, stopping the nosebleed, stopping anybody. <laughs> so, And so on the other side, we still have an offense that's top five in the league, Sean Watson, who does not have a running game has led this team to top five in the league on offense. He has, uh, he's been at number two or three or number one in every quarterback stat. So he's been top three in his QB stats along with passing yards per game right under Patrick Mahomes. What needs help more? Is it the offense? Is it the defense? I think we can agree it's the defense. So I would rather, rather have Salah moving forward about the GM position I love Ed Dyes out of Indy. I don't think that he would be coming to Houston, at least not as of yet. They've interviewed a couple of people. But overall, Tyler, what I just want is consistency and competency. Yeah. Like, do that- things that make sense. That's it. Like don't don't trade, don't, don't, don't make a trade like you did with DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Because the worst right. thing about that trade is you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a second rounder and David Johnson. That second round pick turns out to be Ross Blacklock, who's been unplayable for the most part of the season. So it's a double whammy, right? Right. Make things make sense to me. That's all. And I think the entire fan base would would say the same. Yeah, I I think just starting to go in a positive direction makes a lot of sense. But uh, we'll obviously be able to discuss this a little bit more in the offseason. We always have the ultimate division crossover where we get all of the AFC South hosts together and kind of talk about what's taking place in the offseason. So thanks for giving us your guys' thoughts on what you hope to see, and we'll check back in with you on on those things later on in the offseason. But we are going to move into the second part of our crossover Thursday conversation. I'm going to get in the hot seat here and Cody and John are going to ask me some questions about the Titans immediate future, which hopefully does include a playoff run. Let me tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar ever. And that comes from our friends over at built bar. The first time we ever had a promo code running with built bar, you guys sold out their inventory and that was with just their original 12 delicious flavors. But now they have six brand new flavors that are even more delicious. That's the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, the cherry barcia, the lemon almond cheesecake, 
carrot cake, and the apple almond crisp. The bars are still covered in 100% pure chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and extra enjoyable when you put them in the fridge. The bars aren't just delicious, though. They're incredibly healthy for you as well. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're incredibly versatile. You can use them as a breakfast substitute, a meal substitute, or as a healthy snack. Make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order and every order after that when you use that promo code Locked On. So go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code Locked On right now for 20% off. Welcome back, Locked On Texans and Locked On Titans fans. This is the last crossover edition of the actual NFL season. Week 17 uh, came quick. It came really quick. Luckily for us Houston fans, the, the pain and suffering will be over soon. But for Tennessee, Sunday's matchup, I mean, you guys have to win to get in. I uh, started the season off 6-0. Looked like to be a locked-in uh, team for the playoffs, and I still think you guys will lock it in on Sunday after you whoop up on the Texans. I'm, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. But throughout the course of this season, right, the entire NFL seems like outside of the the Chiefs, everybody's faced adversity. Everybody has faced downfalls. The Tennessee Titans have the number 23rd, the number 23 defense in the NFL. Has it been what you guys wanted? Mm-hmm. Uh, why has Tennessee not been as sharp as they could have from two seasons ago. I mean, I remember the offseason we discussed that, getting back to where you guys were previously, but still not able to do so. Yeah, that's been the big question all year. If you know, that's the number one question I get from listeners is what's wrong with the defense? And it, it's a combination, as with everything in football, it's a team game. So uh Clowney, well, Vic Beasley being a no show and us paying nine million, that hurts. Clowney getting hurt and out for the year. That hurts. So now the pass rush doesn't have enough talent. Uh, the coaching hasn't been there. They they run blitzes from places where they're too far away to get to the quarterback. They're off wide receivers uh, further enough to where it's easy completions for first downs uh, because of the alignment. So the coaching hasn't been very good. Uh, and then certain players who normally play a lot better haven't been able to execute. There's been a tackling problem on the defense, and there's been a, an issue in zone coverage with – uh, sticking to your man and kind of playing matchup zone. So they haven't executed properly. The game plans have been very poor, which I've chronicled weekly on the show. And then also uh, the the general manager tried to put enough talent, but hasn't put enough talent on it in previous years uh, to where, you know, the, the swings that he had that were misses this year, they hurt the team so bad. So um, it's a combination. They didn't put enough talent on this roster on defense. Uh, the coaching hasn't gotten enough guys better and haven't put these guys in a good enough position, and the players themselves haven't executed. The Titans may be the 23rd-ranked defense, but when you have uh, 15 sacks on the year last in the NFL, it, it's, it makes it feel worse than 23rd. Tyler, do you feel that there is some sort of level of disrespect towards Derrick Henry that he is not getting enough consideration for league MVP honors? Because this is a man who is rushing close to 2,000 yards, and he has also rushed for over 200 twice this year. One of those mm-hmm. games, of course, came when they was playing against the Houston Texans. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm on the fence about that. I respect Derrick Henry's impact. But one thing about being most valuable player in my mind is you got to show up in the biggest games. And uh, Derrick Henry has had some of his worst performances in big games against the Cleveland Browns, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and against the Green Bay Packers. Arguably the Titans' three biggest games of the season. Derrick Henry didn't have a good game. And the offensive line didn't play well. But I don't think Derrick Henry ran particularly well in his responsibility, hitting the correct holes, things like that, against the Packers as well and in some of those other games. And then also... The other loss, for, big loss for the Titans this year was a, an upset to the Cincinnati Bengals. And Derrick Henry went for over 100 yards. The Titans ran for over 200 yards in that game, and they still lost by double digits. So I, I, I do think that Derrick Henry is super important, but it's kind of like a, a Los Angeles Lakers situation where Anthony Davis and Derrick Hen- or Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both so important that they kind of split the vote. I think Ryan Tannehill deserves. Uh, enough credit to maybe be in that MVP conversation for who's the MVP of the Titans team. So because they're both so important to the offense and Derrick Henry had his worst games in the biggest moments, I think that kind of makes it, if he would have went out and ran for 200 yards and beat the Packers on Sunday night, I think he would be in that conversation, but having a bad game in prime time against the, you know, the best opponent they've had all year, it kind of just hurts the narrative for Derrick Henry. So that's why I think that's happening. But all that really matters is is the playoffs. And if he can have a playoff run like he had last year, he'll ultimately get the respect that he deserves. I'll tell you what, Derrick Henry is about 203 yards away from 2,000. Is it three or 33? 23. He's not that far from, well, I mean, it is 200 yards this far, but for Derrick Henry playing against Houston on Sunday isn't that far. But, you know, let's say you guys get in, right, locking your playoff spot, ready for a postseason action. Who's the best matchup for you? Um, So Derrick Henry is 233 yards away, and I got to tell you, I certainly hope that he doesn't have to go for that record. I mean, I would like to see him hit 2K, but I would rather the Titans be up 31 to 10 at halftime and sit him in the second half to get him ready for the playoffs. That would be my preferred outcome over the 2,000 yards. I want a Super Bowl championship. Uh, The 2,000 yard thing was cool with Chris Johnson, but I would have rather won the Super Bowl. Uh, So that's how I feel about that, but it's 233 yards. And if he's going to get it on anybody, he can get it on the Texans. Like we saw him rush earlier in the year for over 200. And then, you know, obviously last year to end the year, he was able to get the rushing title. Um, He just finds a way to get it done. But as for the matchup that I would be looking for, um, you know, throwing out what the possibilities are, there are so many different who's going to get this seed, that seed. Uh, I would most like to play the Miami Dolphins out of the Indianapolis Colts, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Dolphins. Those are the four teams that are really fighting for the wild card spot if the Titans win and secure the division. So if that happens, I would most prefer to play the Miami Dolphins. While they have a fantastic defense, it's forced a ton of turnovers. I am not worried whatsoever about Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is is a better player, so if he played in that game, I would be more concerned. But I just don't think they have enough talent on offense to take advantage of the Titans' defense enough to put more points on the board than the Titans' offense could put on their defense despite their defense being good. So I think that's the best matchup for the Titans. Uh, If I could have any of the wild card contenders right now, I'd take the Dolphins. 
Last question before we move on into our predictions. Um, speaking of Super Bowl, do you feel that the Tennessee Titans actually have enough to not only get back to the AFC championship game, but to possibly represent the AFC in the Super Bowl come February? No. It's it's a simple no. I I that's what I've I've said throughout the season. I mentioned the three games, but I've I've come to call them the expectation reset. Um the Titans are 6 and 0 coming off an overtime victory over Houston and just get absolutely bullied in the first half by the Steelers. And although they made it close at the end, it, the Titans got bullied and it's obvious they weren't on the level. And the Steelers have gotten worse throughout the year, but that was a big moment for the Titans to prove they're in that tier of of teams with Kansas City and Pittsburgh in the AFC and they didn't. And then the Browns come to town and the Titans are at home. And the Browns are nine and three. The Titans are nine and three. Are they one of the top teams? And they just get absolutely punked in the first half at home. So expectation reset again. And then they get another chance, a hat and t-shirt game in Green Bay, in the snow, in prime time to go against the number one team in the NFC and prove that they are a true Super Bowl contender in this league. And they get punked again. So at this point in time, uh, the expectation of this team, in my mind, has dropped. They are not a Super Bowl contender. I hope they get the home playoff game that we've been searching for for a decade, and hopefully they're able to win. But if the Titans go and play the Steelers, if they go and play the Bills, even though they built, beat the Bills a lot, teams are different. The NFL season is a long, long journey. The Bills are not the same team they were then. If we play the Bills, if we play the Chiefs, if we play the Steelers again, uh, even if the Titans face the Ravens again, I think they're they're in big trouble. Uh, this defense is not a playoff caliber defense, and you can't win a Super Bowl with that. If the Titans did win a Super Bowl this year, it would be because all of a sudden the defense got super hot and forced like two or three turnovers a game. But I just don't see that happening. So uh, unfortunately, no, based on those three big games where the Titans had a chance to prove to me that they're a Super Bowl team, they failed. And not only did they fail, but they failed miserably in all three of them. So I cannot say at this time that the Titans uh, have a realistic chance to win the Super Bowl. That's not what the Locked On Titans listeners want to hear. But at this point, based on the evidence the team has provided us, that's the only conclusion that I can come to. Well, I'm pretty sure you guys will not fail inside the NRG Stadium come Sunday. Um, This game, I don't have no expectations for it. This game is going to be far from the entertaining, which in my opinion was the best game of the season between the Titans and the Texans that took mm-hmm. place a couple weeks ago. Um, I think you guys are going to get 42 again, but we're not going to get nowhere near close to 36. Um, Deshaun Watson, I'm hoping that he sits down, even if it's just for a half. Please do not let Deshaun Watson play. So this, you know, is going to be an easy game for you guys. I have you guys winning uh, maybe 42-17. I, I don't know. You guys are going to win. Don't worry. Uh, See, I, and I understand that, but this is one of those things where it's like, You've seen the movie so many times, you know what to expect. But for me, it's it's the same way. Like, I've seen this movie too many times. The Titans should be a team. They have a good chance to, you know, kind of cement themselves, hit, hit a goal here, hat and t-shirt game, as I called it before. And they go up against the awesome quarterback who can shred their defense. 
I mean, the only reason that the Titans beat the Lions is because they forced a couple turnovers. Now, one thing I will say is the last matchup between the Texans and the Titans, uh, the Texans got a little lucky, in my opinion. The Titans had two turnovers. They missed two field goals. There was a blocked field goal that really changed the momentum of the game when the Titans were up double digits. So there were some weird things that took place, but that game was at home. So maybe the weird things and the Titans being at home cancel each other out. And then it's just a, I think it's, I think it's a close game. The Titans defense, uh, as with the Texans can't stop a nosebleed. And, uh, because it's a division matchup and Deshaun Watson is one of the best four quarterbacks in the NFL. I I can't rule out anything happening. So I'm going to say it's closer, but yes, the Titans win. Uh, I'm going to go with 38 to 33. Hey, I like that. And first of all, before I give my predictions, thank you for saying that Deshaun Watson is top four in the league. He's an animal. Because some, for some reason, and well, for some reason, in those tweeted, uh, Twitter streets, it's been a real debate amongst uh, the Twitter people. And uh, I just don't yeah. understand it. People look at his record four and whatever you may want to call it and, and, and say he's not a top four or five quarterback, not a top three quarterback because a team wouldn't allow, uh, you wouldn't allow your team to get there. And, you know, I think sometimes it's just good to hear people who know a little bit about football talk football. So Yeah, he's been uh, carrying them me, this year. I, I think uh, for me, it's Pat Mahomes, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Russell Wilson, it's Deshaun Watson, it's Josh Allen. Those are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think that they're a step above everybody else. And anybody who says otherwise about Watson, uh, they're just not watching the actual game and all that he does to manipulate defenses and keep plays alive and throw guys open. Like he's just the he's the total package, and he's got the worst supporting cast around him in terms of organization, coaching staff offensive line of any of those top four quarterbacks. So it's pretty like, bad. It's pretty to bad. compare him to compare him to those guys and say that he's not that caliber because of the, the record. I, I just think that's asinine. Deshaun Watson is like I said, he's a top four quarterback in the NFL and anybody who says different just isn't watching. That's all it is. And we're going to watch Sunday's game. Right. And you know, Tyler, you mentioned if it was 31 10 at halftime, then, Go ahead and, and sit your big guy. Go, go ahead and sit your you know, the guy that carries this team offensively a lot of times. And I, I don't think it'll be 31-10. I think there's a possibility, two possibilities of this game, either a blowout or a close game like the first time we played around. And so your 38-3 to three, uh, prediction is a little like what I have. And I have uh, 34-27. Yeah, I and, love that score too. That's what I was debating on, but I think – uh, there'll be just a, there's always a little bit more scoring than I have been predicting this year. So that's why I kicked it up a notch, but I think that's a good target. Yeah. I think it's a one score game. I think Houston has the opportunity to uh, tie the game at the end, but as we've seen fumbles, uh, interceptions, just bad play management, something will happen, but I do think the Tennessee Titans will win by a score, no more than seven points, but I'm going to go with 34, 27. I'll tell you what, if you're right, and the Titans get a turnover at the end of the game to seal it, it will be a Kevin Byard interception. I just have a feeling. I can see that. 
Yeah, he's the I guy who kind of stamps the game sometimes for us. So I, I would like to see him pull that off. But it'll be close either way. I agree with you. I don't. I, I think if it gets away from the Texans early, they'll give up as a team, and then it may be like 42-17 like you're talking, Cody. But if the Texans get through the first half and it's close, like 21-17 or 17-14 or something, then it'll end up being close at the end. And I'll say this. I want the 2K. I, I want – to see Derrick Henry. I've been a huge fan of Derrick Henry since he came into the league. Uh, so I want Derrick Henry to get his 2K because after that, I mean, you can't deny him his contract. It's back-to-back years of rushing titles and amazing. And then I'm sure he'll carry it along uh, throughout the postseason. And I do not want him to get hurt. I want to see him at his full strength to really give this Tennessee Titans team a chance in the playoffs. Yeah, that that's that's what I think all of Locked On Titans listeners would be looking for too. But it's been a it's been a good conversation with you guys as always, Cody and John. And I look forward to you know catching back up with you guys in the off season, seeing how these teams look after a few months. But uh, talk to you guys again soon. Uh, once again, another great season here with Crossover Thursdays on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.